Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so passionate about peeling back that veil our society has constructed around perfectionism online. When starting my own personal platform on Instagram, I realized that I was getting caught in the inauthentic hustle and it was severely affecting my mental health, mostly because I was comparing my behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Throughout my life, I've come to own that my setbacks were actually just set ups for something better. I found a way to step into my true potential and the goal is to amplify other voices who have done the same so that someone out there feels seen and that much less alone. I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest. So let's get started. Y'all, I'm just going to take a moment and celebrate a huge milestone we as a podcast just hit. I say we because this is a community here. While I'm the one speaking, you're the one consistently showing up and listening. Okay, we just peaked over 8.5 thousand downloads. Today will be our 45th episode. I'm doing the math here and those statistics are incredible and something I don't take lightly. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing, rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, and just giving such an incredible sense of community and support so that I can keep doing this and sharing stories that truly matter. Our next guest is someone that I have known via the internet and Instagram world, and her story is one that I'm excited to help share. Cassidy is a 24-year-old current marine mammal trainer in Alaska who's dealing with the daily life of handling Alaskan winners. She is also a swim coach who had a hand in coaching Alaska's very own Olympian and gold and silver medalist Lydia Jacoby. Today, Cassidy and I talk about a lot of different things, and I think this conversation has some incredible takeaways regardless if you identify within the animal training community or not. Here's my conversation with Cassidy. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm so excited to jump right in to this next conversation with a very special guest. Cassidy is here. She is an incredible woman who is in the animal training field. And someone who I personally have been following on Instagram for, I don't know, it feels like a while now. But Cassidy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Amanda. This is so much fun. Yay. So I would love to give you an opportunity just to introduce yourself, tell us about you, things like that. Yeah, go for it. Sure. Yeah, well, my name's Cassidy. I currently live in Seward, Alaska, where I am a marine mammal trainer at the Alaska Sea Life Center. Um, I'm also a part-time swim coach, um, and I did have some involvement with our star athlete, Lydia Jacoby, and her Olympic medal wins this last summer. Um, But yeah, that's like the basics about me, (laughs) the stuff I love to do. I love how you just like skirted right over that you're like oh yeah and I'm a swimmer <laughs> yes I know an Olympian 
<laughs> yeah, wild. I just, it's so she's, cool. It's amazing. She's a good kid. It's just it, like it doesn't feel real to me. You know, it's like oh, that's just my my kid. I coach. <laughs> I love it. So with all of that, are you an Alaskan native? Did you always grow up there? How did you get to be working in that field and in Alaska? Yeah, so I am not from Alaska, actually. I was born and raised in Flagstaff, Arizona, very landlocked um, from the young age of about seven. I decided I wanted to be a marine mammal trainer and figured that I needed to get out of Arizona to do that. Um, so I attended school at the University of Alaska Fairbanks and kind of fell in love with Alaska. Um, I also swam for the university, too. That's kind of where my swimming comes from. And yeah, I just I loved it. I left for a little bit and went to Hawaii and was an intern at Sea Life Park. And then I came back and started as an intern at the Alaska Sea Life Center, got extended, eventually hired into a seasonal. And then eventually after that, I was hired into a core trainer there. Wow, that is incredible. It's so funny. I had a guest on here previously who literally the exact opposite. They grew up in Alaska, wanted to become a marine mammal trainer. Yeah, Kaylee, and she found herself down in Arizona, so I I was dying at how opposite that is. It's so funny. Um, Wow, incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I know from talking to her and people who listen to that episode know as well, too, that she talked about a huge, like, mental shift because Alaska and Arizona are completely different climates, completely different everything, basically. And so what was it like going from somewhere that you had called your home to then uprooting and going somewhere else where I assume you don't have any family that lives up there or anything? Yeah, so that was a big jump for me. Luckily, where I'm from in Arizona, we had experienced, you know, snow and stuff before we're in the high desert, um, but never temperatures like 50 below. Uh, That was definitely a shock and just preparing myself for the winter. And I always tell people that the hardest part about it for me is the lack of sunlight. You don't realize how much you enjoy sunlight and need Mm. sunlight until you don't have it. Um, so that was probably the hardest part and it still is the hardest part for me too. Um, and then, you know, as a marine mammal trainer here, working outside around water and stuff when it's sub-zero temperatures is interesting <laughs> to say the least. I, okay. Yeah. I can imagine the coldest that I've ever worked while in the marine mammal trainer field was in Georgia and we were in the ocean when the ocean was like high 40 degrees so I can only imagine up there like dry suits probably year round (laughs) it's probably gets crazy cold yeah we we do definitely use dry suits to you know dive and clean our exhibits and then um we actually use waders with some of our um ring seals and that can be kind of chilly too they're not very protective in terms of warmth Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, when I worked in education at SeaWorld, we used waders to get into the stingray exhibit. And for anyone who's not in the marine mammal field or hasn't gone fly fishing, I feel like that's also where it's used a lot is fishing. Um, It's literally overalls (laughs) turned into rain boots. Like that's how I could best describe them is that the boots and the overalls are all one piece. So it's like half of a onesie 
and suspenders and <laughs> they're amazing until they get like the tiniest crack or <laughs> hole in them and then you get completely soaked yeah exactly oh they're so stylish too you look great in them mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also too i sometimes i forget that not everyone knows wetsuit lingo a dry suit is different than a wetsuit so when you're in a wetsuit you actually still physically get wet. It does not keep you dry at all. What it does is the layer of neoprene actually warms the water that's between the layer of neoprene and your body. So it helps trap that water in there and warms it with your body heat. A dry suit, on the other hand, you do not get wet at all. And the air that's trapped in there is actually what helps keep you warm. But to use a dry suit, you have to have a very special certification because with having that air inside that suit, if you don't know how to use them properly, you can actually get incredibly hurt if you were to get flipped upside down. And there's a lot of complications that come with that. So just to clear that up for everyone, that it's a big deal that they're in dry suits all the time. They're they're very interesting. And I always tell people that we have to wear these weasel suits, we call them, um, underneath them. And it's basically like being in a sleeping bag so the amount of mobility that you have in them too is just nothing mm. oh my goodness so we're talking about you being <laughs> in the marine mammal field you did all of these internships like you said and got that coveted role what initially got you interested in working in this field yeah um that's a great question i kind of have a funny story um I've always loved animals. I grew up. <laughs> I grew up just loving animals. Um, my mom always has had a lot of horses, so I kind of grew up around large animals, and I feel very fortunate for that. Um, but when I was younger, my dad actually took me to the San Diego Zoo for my birthday. And when we were driving back from San Diego to Arizona, I saw SeaWorld San Diego's um, Sky Tower. And I'm like, Dad, what's that? And he told me about SeaWorld. And I looked into it. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I want this job that looks amazing. And it kind of just, you know, took off from there and has become this huge passion of mine. And just, you know, it's what I love to do. I love being around these animals. And I think training is just so amazing, too. Mm. That is incredible. I feel like most of us that have gotten into the animal field have that SeaWorld moment where you know, you're just so inspired because they are such a big name in this industry. But I love hearing how people branch out and find their place in all the different facets of the animal world. And these smaller facilities are doing incredible things as well, too. Which, speaking of which, your facility has been in the news, I feel like, a lot recently because you guys do a lot of work with rescue and rehabilitation. Yeah, we we do. We do a lot of research work, too. So we've kind of been, you know, in different scientific journal articles about that kind of stuff, too. Um, but we do a ton of rescue and rehab, especially with sea otters. We've had a couple of belugas and walrus come into our care, too. And we've just been our rescue team's amazing. I get some, um, you know, time in there too, but they're just so incredible and they've learned how to rehabilitate these animals. Um, Tyonic was the first successful beluga rehabilitation that has ever happened. So we've done some pretty amazing yes. things. <laughs> 
That's amazing. Now, speaking of all these incredible animals that you listed off, will you give us a rundown of what animals you work with? Because I know for a fact they are very different than the typical animals anyone south of Alaska would pretty much see in a typical zoo or aquarium setting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have some really unique species here. So I work primarily with our stellar sea lions, which are the world's largest species of sea lion. Um, Some ringed seals, which are the world's smallest species of pinniped and seals, and as well as spotted seals. And we do have a harbor seal that has kind of come in through our wildlife response program and is... um, He's got like a forever home with us now. So all these different pinnipeds that are just amazing and so unique. That is amazing. Now, when you first initial, like initially dreamed of getting into the field, was it always pinnipeds or were you drawn to like cetaceans? I feel like most people are drawn to cetaceans and then find this love for pinnipeds. Where did you (laughs) fall? Yeah, so I love cetaceans. I really do. Um, And that is something that I still plan to work towards um, in my career is working with large cetaceans. I have some experience being an intern at Sea Life Park with the dolphins and then, of course, the world famous wolfins there. Um, But I love pinnipeds, too. They're so interesting. Mm -hmm. They're so different, too, compared to cetaceans. It's really cool. That is awesome. I I just love hearing everyone's story, how it's all different, but you know, it's such a testament that you can go about things a completely different way and still end up achieving goals. And I don't know, I think that's really crucial to anyone who wants to get into the animal field or honestly can translate to any aspect of life is that just because someone is doing it one certain way doesn't mean that's the only way. So thank you so much for sharing your story and just a little bit background of how you got into this cool field. Of course, I think it's so important for people to recognize that there's not just one right way because we're all very different. Mm-hmm. Now, you recently have stepped into a new role as far as working with interns, yes. <laughs> right? So walk me through that, that whole process of it's one thing to work with your coworkers and find your flow and work with training the animals. But I feel a lot of us find that training people is a completely different ball game. Yeah, um, they're, they're definitely different. I'm lucky in that I've been coaching swimmers for a really long time too. So I kind of have the skills that it takes to work with people as well. Um, but I, I absolutely love mentoring. I think it is some of the most amazing work that I get to do. Um, I love working with these kids and kind of inspiring them and giving them the tools that they need to be successful in this field. Um, they're they're so important to our program. And then just I think it's so important to get really amazing people into the next generation of trainers too. Yes, it's so vital in this field and especially now in every field because everyone in the world is going through obviously this pandemic and extreme levels of burnout and how are you personally protecting your own mental health while still pouring into your animals pouring into these interns and even the swimmers that you coach as well too yeah that's a great question um that's definitely something that has been challenging for me and i think it's really challenging for a lot of people um i work really hard to kind of set boundaries with things as well as just making sure i have time for myself so i really like to 
go to the gym and work out and just that's my outlet and I make sure that I always have the time to be able to do that stuff and have these tools to take care of myself so that I'm able to continue to give to all of these different kids and animals too. Mm, I think that's so important. Boundary setting is so crucial and something I definitely had to learn the hard way when it came to my career. But I feel like you just have an extra level of difficulty because from what I understand with Alaska and the way that the sunlight works there, I would imagine that you and other people would experience extreme seasonal depression just based off when the sun is there versus when it's not. Yeah, definitely. Um, not having the sun is really hard and just an added layer to all of that kind of stuff too. Um, and that being said, like having an outlet actually really helps me with that dealing with that too. If I, you know, stay busy, quote unquote, but also take care of myself, then I'm able to kind of combat this extreme weather and extreme sunlight as well. Mm -hmm. And again, I think it's amazing your story of being a transplant, because again, within this field, so many people end up working and interning where they did not grow up. And again, being in that extra added level of difficulty, not only with the weather, but with the changes of the seasons up in Alaska as well, too. I'm sure your interns really appreciate that you have been through a lot of what they're going through as well, too. Yeah, I really do my best to be empathetic towards people and especially my interns. And I, you know, every time we get new interns and I'm like, you guys, if you're feeling sad or like down or whatever because of the sunlight or anything in life, like, please come to me. I have tools I can help you. I'm, I'm always here for you. Like, I'm I'm going to be your support system here because we all need that up here. That's amazing. And I am very confident that they appreciate that and appreciate you and the fact that, you know, this field is talking more about these topics and mental health is not as taboo anymore so that we can have these awesome conversations within our jobs and within our coworkers and peers as well, too, to hopefully start tackling some of these issues that really affect a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we really need to continue to have these conversations, especially in this field, just the kind of hardships that come with the job. Um, it, it can be a lot on people and it's really important that we support each other and our understanding of each other too. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition, you mentioned that you're also a swim coach. You said that you swam competitively. What made you want to make the switch from swimming to then teaching and coaching swimmers? Yeah, so I just, I love swimming. I love it so much. Um, I'm so lucky that it was a positive thing for me and it really brought a lot of great things into my life. And I want to do the same thing for kids. You know, it's not necessarily about me teaching them to be a good swimmer. I'm really invested in teaching them how to be a good good people and to be disciplined and to work hard for things. And yeah, that's, that's my goal of being a coach, honestly. I love how you said that you had a positive experience with swimming. Not everyone does. I <laughs> swam as well too, not in high school. I swam in like middle school and I grew up in Texas, which we joke that they just breed athletes in Texas. And it started out really fun, like a cool summer activity, but very quickly you get to that age right around like 12, 13, where it's clear who is competitive and who it's just a hobby. 
and mm-hmm. it got a little intimidating as a little kid. I just remember feeling so much pressure all the time. Yeah, it's intense, and there's a lot of really bad coaches out there. I definitely had experiences as a kid growing up, and luckily I was able to kind of work through that and, you know, with the help of my parents and good coaches too. But yeah, they put a lot of pressure on kids, and it's, I don't, I always tell the kids this, and I tell Lydia this too. I'm like, I don't care how fast you swim. I just want you to have fun and I want you to be a good person at the end of the day. Mm, That's amazing. And hopefully making such a great impact on their lives and their mentality and the way they approach these different things. Now with you, when you swam competitively, what was your stroke? Did you have multiple events that you competed in? Give me the rundown. Yeah, so I have the unfortunate fate of being a distance swimmer. <laughs> um, I fought that for a very long time. So yes. <laughs> I I was like, no, I'm a sprinter. And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, I am. But eventually I learned to accept it. And I was a pretty good distance freestyler. I loved the 500. I learned to love the 500 and the 1,000. And um you know, that kind of mentality has actually been really helpful to me in my life as I, I learned to just kind of buckle down and deal with being uncomfortable and, and work through it and then see these amazing results at the end of the day. Mm, that is incredible. Freestyle was my least favorite stroke ever. I hated freestyle so much. <laughs> I don't know why, because that's the stroke that you do for swim tests. So obviously I needed to learn how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I... I lived for IMs, so individual medleys, that was my jam. And then I always got stuck doing backstroke on relay teams. Oh, no. (laughs) I loved backstroke, too. I hated backstroke. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, my goodness. No, I just, yeah, I was just so bad at not looking. So I'd always, my coaches would always scream at me, like, stop looking. But I would always, like, look behind me. Because I was so paranoid of slamming and cracking my head on the concrete. Well, yeah. Like not counting my strokes. Yeah, and you're swimming outside too. So, like, the sun is in your face and you're like, I can't see anything. (laughs) Yep. Struggle is real. Yep. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, swim team. Oh, my gosh. And so as a coach, mm-hmm. do you coach a specific stroke? Do you coach like for an event? Are you a general coach? How does that work? Yeah, so I I coach a lot of the kiddos. I'm pretty lucky I get to kind of have an influence in most of their lives. Um, so I coach our more advanced team and it's really fun. I get to swim with them too. So um, swimmers like Lydia and the older kids, um, I'll coach them a lot of the times. And then um, I also coach our youngest too, who are just kind of learning how to swim and being able to bounce back and forth between that can be really difficult because, you know, you're going from writing these really big sets and swimming these sets with these kids to literally teaching a kid how to breathe. (laughs) Yes, very, very different principles. And I assume a lot of patience that goes into that as well. (laughs) A lot of patience, but that's, you know, for animal training too. It's It's a good practice. It is true. I think it's interesting how you found yourself in two careers that really go hand in hand. And especially setting yourself up for swim tests, again, a lot of people don't realize that to get into the marine mammal field, you have to pass these extra interviews that are swim tests. So with you having access to pools and training and coaching and just really 
you know, cementing those principles in. That's really awesome. You have set yourself up, Cassidy. <laughs> Doing good. Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. I, I did start swimming when I was younger so that I could pass the SeaWorld swim test. Um, mm-hmm. And that developed into its own thing. But I'm, I'm so grateful for that, too, because I just, I love both of them so much. <laughs> mm. So recently I have seen you really up in your Instagram game. I love it so much. I love how educational you've been on there and talking about the animals that you work with and kind of behind the scenes of what it's like with animal training. Um, What inspired that shift and how has it been going so far? Is it being well received? Yeah. So I've done a couple of things lately. I've kind of created a separate account to just kind of talk more about animal training and all of that stuff because, you know, I think my, my friends get sick of it sometimes. <laughs> but um, And I've also started <laughs> a swim program to help people get better at swimming for swim tests. Um, so both of those things are going great. And honestly, the inspiration behind both of them is just to share my passion with people, hopefully inspire them and help them reach their dreams too. I just, I really want everyone to reach their dreams in this life. Mm, I love that. And how cool, again, that you're using your talents and your experiences to help other people. Again, especially in this field, we talk about it being so competitive and so secretive and privileged information. It was like pulling teeth for me to ask what was going to be on a SeaWorld swim test, you know, to be prepared. And I love that you've created this course and ability for people to, you know, train for that swim test. That's so cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I just, I really do. I want to help people out. I don't think that any of this needs to be a secret. You know, it's, it doesn't need to be secret because you're going to have to work for it. You know, it's not, nothing's ever going to be handed to you, but you know, people who work really hard and really want it should really get a chance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That's so cool. Now. Okay. So speaking of all of that, we've talked about <laughs> your social media, your coaching, and now this awesome swim program that you've developed. I do want to give you an opportunity to plug all of that. So if people are listening and they're very interested in that, they can find it online, all of that. Yeah. So you guys can find me on my Marine Mammal Training Instagram account at Stellar Seas with Cassidy. So um, Stellar, S-T-E-L-L-E-R, like the Stellar Sea Lion, and then the Seas is with an Z. Um, I My personal account is Cassidy underscore K underscore And then I have a bunch of information about my swim program on my training account. And feel free to message me. I love talking to people and helping them out too. So I'm always open for conversation. That's awesome. And everyone listening, I will obviously link everything down in the episode notes as well so that you can find all of that information. And if you found us on Instagram, Cassidy is going to be tagged in our promo photos as well, too, for this episode. So you can just find her through our Instagram, Sunshine and Rainbows Pod. Now, Cassidy, before you go, obviously, I've loved having this conversation with you. It's so great to be able to relate to someone who's literally across the continent, but, you know, have so much in common through the experiences and just that bond of being in the animal field. But I would love to give you an opportunity to share some wisdom or advice or maybe tell past you something that you wished you would have known 
for anyone that's listening that maybe resonated with this conversation as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I always tell people just to dream big and work really hard. Um, That sounds pretty, you know, straightforward, but it's it's not easy doing a lot of these things. But if you work really hard and you focus, you really can accomplish some amazing things. Um, Don't give up on your dreams. I've Give, almost given up too many times to count, but luckily I've had a really good support system and people that are just willing to to push me a little bit too. And I'm always there to push people as well because you know it's it's a great feeling to be able to achieve some of your dreams. Mm, I love that so so powerful. And honestly, <laughs> like you said, it it sounds simple, but that advice is so true that really hard work does get you pretty far. Pretty far. Yes, it does. (laughs) It's cliche, but it's true. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hey, cliches are there for a reason because they're true. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and for wanting to share your story with our audience. Again, I have loved chatting with you. I love watching you online and just seeing all the amazing things that you continue to accomplish. Yeah. And thank you, Amanda. You've been such a great person for me to really look up to. And, you know, especially when it comes to mental health and things like that, too. I really admire all of your work. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I'm quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to our incredible guests for getting so vulnerable with us about their own personal stories and for helping each of us remember to look at a situation with a new perspective. If you love this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a second to share it to a bestie or even tell us on social media. It really does make a difference in helping us get these conversations out there to the world. If you'd like to share your own story with our audience about how you've overcome something in your life or maybe want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard, please send us an email at hello at thatmandagirl.com. Stay colorful and we'll see you next week, besties.